This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. still kind of on the fence but listen this is a season now where you can ask God for anything you better hear what I'm telling you you better you know we we sing the song God whatever you're doing in this season don't do it without me listen this is a season where God's doing some things and whatever God's doing right now listen I tell God God don't you do it without me hallelujah I'm applying my faith to the things that I've been praying for and I encourage you guys to do the same thing so so we've been talking about trusting the process we're all in a process not only is our church in a process not only are we in transition we're talking about processes and transition processes and transition many of you have been preparing your heart for the process you've been preparing your hearts for the transition and you've been doing a great job you've been you've been coming and moving and we've adjusted times and things have changed and and some of you guys some of you guys step up to the plate Uh, you haven't complained you haven't faltered you haven't waited You've been moving forward. You've been saying, God, I trust you. God, I don't understand, but I trust you. God, I, I, God, it's hard for me to see it sometimes, but God, I trust you. And be, and because of your faithfulness, this is this is the message that God gave to me for you. And I've wrestled with this. And this is the message that I was I was going to preach last Sunday, but last Sunday transitioned and wind up praying for some people, and people got delivered and people got healed. Listen, if God sets you free, stay free. God sets you free. You gotta, you gotta stay. Don't go back. Don't go back to the same thing that had you bound. You gotta stay free. Look at, look at, I, I want to share this and I'm gonna get out of your way. First Chronicles chapter four. First Chronicles chapter four. Look at verse number nine. First Chronicles chapter four, verse number nine. Very familiar passage. Bible says, the writer of Chronicles writes and he says, uh, in, in a, a list, a chronological list of family history and family people. And uh, this person begets that person. This person begets that person. And he's talking about the family lineages. And he pauses in verse number 9 and 10 to give uh, uh, special accolades to this particular man. That we're going to look at some things about his life uh, this afternoon. Verse number 9 says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Verse number 10 says, and Jabez called on the on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain the last part tore me up so God granted him what he requested so God granted him what he requested Will you do your neighbor a favor? All three of them. Turn to them and just say these two words. Turn to them and say, permission granted. That's all. That's all. Permission granted. That was one. Permission granted. Permission granted. 
Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all be, may be seated. Permission. Permission. Granted. Aren't those two wonderful words? Permission. Granted. I had the privilege in high school to serve in NJROTC. The Navy ROTC program. I was in ROTC for four years and the ROTC program prepares you to go into the military. During those four years, I had the privilege of boarding an aircraft carrier. Any of you know anything about military or naval operations? The aircraft carrier is huge. These things are like floating cities. Had a chance to, we got all dressed up and we put on our, our naval uniform and, and, uh, as we are walking, as they call the gangway or the plank, I, I noticed something that was a little peculiar to me. I noticed that as we were boarding the aircraft, or excuse me, as we were boarding, uh, 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 this aircraft carrier, as we were boarding this huge ship, this floating city, as we were going on, there were soldiers coming off. And I, I paused for a moment. I noticed the soldiers and I could see the captain of the ship standing right there on the gangway that comes off of the ship. And I noticed something. I noticed the soldiers would walk up to the captain of the ship and they would salute the captain. And when they would salute the captain, they would hold their salute and they would hand him a sheet of paper. I asked him, our commanding officer, because I, I saw it and I was wondering why were they saluting the captain? Why were they holding their salute, handing the paper, and then the captain would look over the paper. Then the captain would say something to the soldier, hand him the paper, salute him back. He'd drop his salute and the soldier would walk down the gangway as if he just had a million dollars. I said, Commander, I don't understand what's happening right there. Why in the world are they they saluting it? And what's that piece of paper? My commanding officer at the time told me, he said, he said, love, he said, "Um, in order for the soldier to go to liberty, liberty means freedom. In order for them to go to shore, the captain has to grant them permission so every time a soldier wants to go ashore every time the soldier wants to go on liberty he has to salute and he has to say permission to go ashore permission to go on liberty and I said okay I understand that that they ask for permission I understand that the captain of the ship has to grant them permission to go to liberty but what is that piece of paper what is that all about My commanding officer told me, he said, well, they have a checklist. There are some things that they have to accomplish. There are some classes they have to go through in order to be given the permission to go ashore. And I said, well, what happens if they don't complete the checklist? He said, if they don't complete the checklist, they'll be denied permission. To go ashore. I said, wow. I don't know if I like that or not. He said, whether you like it or not, you have got to do the same thing. Reaches in his briefcase, gives me a sheet of paper. Of some things that I have to do. 
while I'm on the ship. And I have to get people to sign off saying that I did the thing that the sheet is requiring for me to do. There are certain classes I have to sit in, certain briefings I have to sit in, because they have to tell you about the dangers of this particular city where the boat was docked or the ship was docked. They have to tell you about certain places to stay away from, certain places that were okay to go. They gave you, they gave you all these briefings before you could go ashore. And, and, and I learned quickly that if I want permission to be granted, there are some things I've got to make sure that I do. Jabez got permission granted. But if you look at it with the naked eye, then you will just say, well, this is a man and he prayed and God granted. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I looked at the word soul. The Bible says that soul God granted. It says that, it says that, that soul God granted. So what that means to me is because of what Jabez did, because of that soul God granted. His request. Now the question is, the question is, I don't know, but I'm only talking to those of you in this room today that you want God to grant your request. If you're in this room and you don't care about God granting your request, then this sermon may go right over your head. But for those of you who are in this room and you say, I want God to grant my, my request. When I pray, I want to know that God, not only that God heard me, that God grants my request, but I'm going to give you a checklist. Woo, you ought to thank God for your pastor. Tell your neighbors, I thank God for my pastor. I thank God for him. Hallelujah. If, if I'm not your pastor yet, tell somebody, say, I thank God for my future pastor. I thank God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, now let's look. Now let's look. 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 Okay. Okay. Now watch this. Now watch this. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to give you number one first. I'm going to give you number one last. And so what we're going to do is, I like that stamp. I like that. Boom. I like that. Permission granted. I need to, Jared, Jared I like that. That's nice. Permission granted. Okay, I'm not going to give you number one. I'm going to start with number two, and I'm going to give you number one at the end. Because number one will make sense if I give it to you in reverse order. Okay, number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. Put this on your checklist. Don't allow a bad name to corrupt a good future. Don't allow a bad name to corrupt a good future. Jabez's name means pain. His name means sorrow. His name means that his life should be filled with agony, congestion, hardships, and heartache. That's what his name suggests to us. So by all intents and purposes, Jabez should be a man that's filled with sorrow and pain. But Jabez uh, made up in his mind that he was not going to allow a bad name to corrupt his good, good future. Verse number 9 says, his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in pain. Let me say it like this. Don't allow who you used to be to contaminate who you are about to be. I wish I could preach in this house today. Because sometimes, sometimes people will give you a bad name. Sometimes people will talk about you. And sometimes people will give you a bad name. Now watch this. Can I just be wrong with you? Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Sometimes you give yourself a bad name. 
Sometimes you give yourself. Watch this. Because, because everything that people saying about you ain't false. Oh, you did some of that stuff. Y'all might as well say amen. Everybody ain't lying on you. Some of that stuff you did. But watch this. Don't allow a bad name to corrupt a good future. Grandmama said it like this. You know, we used to get mad when, when our, our brother would call his name. And grandmama says, son, it's not about what they call you. It's about what you answer to. Glory to God. Don't allow a bad name to corrupt a good future. See, in the Bible, a, a man and his name were intermittently in, intertwined. They were related. To cut off a man's name was a, was 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 a, was like killing him. Watch this. Abraham or Abram name was exalted father. God changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Jacob name mean grabber. Jacob was going after the blessings of his brother. Jacob, Jacob got a hold of his brother's blessing. And Jacob was named along the lineage of Israel. Solomon's name means peace. Solomon was a great man of peace. He had peace because he had wisdom. And he had a lot of money. Glory to God. Hallelujah. David name means beloved of the father. He was the one that God loved. He was a man after God's own heart. So you got, you got father of many nations, grabber, peace, beloved of the father. Then Jabez name means pain. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Names were huge, but regardless of what they called you, don't let a bad name corrupt a good future. If you've served time in the pen, don't you let that bad name corrupt a good future. If if you want your prayer request, you got to get over what mom and them said about you. You've got to get over what daddy and them said about you. You've got to get over what your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend said about you. You've got to get over what they said about you in school. They called your names in school. You got to get over that. And don't let a bad name corrupt a good future. Satan tried to stifle some of you when you were in grade school. Satan tried to stop you back when you were in elementary school. That's why the, that's why the little peanut head boy was talking about you so much. Every time you walked in class, that little peanut head boy always had something to say about you. And you were, you don't, you had never said, you never done anything to him. That's why that, that's why that little, that little corn head girl always wanted to fight you. Y'all might as well talk to me. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and you were wondering, why, why is she always trying to fight me? I don't even know her like that. It's because God was trying, the Satan was trying to stop you way back there and cause you to suppress everything that God was doing in your life. But you can't allow a bad name to corrupt a good future. You, in other words, you gotta get over what people have said. You gotta get over what your ex-wife said. You gotta get over what your ex-husband said. You got to get over those things. You got to put the past behind you. And there are some things you got to put behind you and you can't afford to look back. I'm, I'm in a place in my life now where I'm not looking back. You can make all the noise you want to back there. You can send all the smoke signals. You can send a grenade off back there. I'm not looking back, baby. There's a danger in looking back. God told me to tell somebody in this room, you, if you if you quit looking back, you'll stop being so salty. I don't know who that's for, but if you quit looking back, in other words, in other words, there's some people you just gotta unfriend. 
There's some people you got to unfollow. I wish I had a witness here. There's some people you got to get out of your news feed because they cause you to look back too much. And every time you look back, it takes you out of the spirit and puts you right in your flesh. Every time you see their post, you get mad. <laughs> I unfriend a whole bunch of folk. Unfollow a whole bunch of folk. Glory to God. You know why? Because I can't afford to look back. I got to keep my spirit right. Glory to God. Because listen, the, the best, my best days are still in front of me. Thank God for what I went through in the past. Thank God for all the good times and the bad times. But guess what? There's nothing I can do about that. God told me to keep my eyes pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I got to keep moving ahead. I can't afford to look back. Tell somebody you can't afford to keep looking back. You can't afford. Because if you look back, you're going to eventually go back. And when you go backwards, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be out of the will of God. Glory to God. Let me say that again. When you go backwards, you'll be out of the will of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He didn't let a bad name corrupt a good future. Glory to God. That's number two. Now, number three, watch this. Now, watch this. Because if you read this, you have to read this, this, this whole old passage, verse nine and ten. You got to read this in the spirit. Number three says, uh, watch this. Become passionate about God's purpose for your life. When I used to read this story of Jabez, I thought it was just a man who prayed a prayer and then God felt sorry for him and then God just gave it. But no, 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 no. Jabez was intentional. Jabez was passionate about God's purpose for his life. Verse number 10, we said, oh, that you would bless me indeed. You must understand what the word blessing really means. I thought it was a selfish prayer. Ah, you know, because it was taught to me at one time, there was a selfish prayer. It's okay to pray selfish prayer. But, but no, no, J-Bass won't pray a selfish prayer. Listen to this. Listen to this. The, to bless, in a biblical sense, means to impart supernatural favor. J-Bass was asking God to give him supernatural favor. And, and, and watch this. Then he said, bless me indeed. The word indeed in this prayer is like adding five exclamation points to what he was asking. He said, bless me indeed. And he's writing this request. Proverbs 10, 22 says, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. The blessings of the Lord is our greatest wealth and, and our works can add nothing to it. He left the what, the when, the where, and the how up to God. He was totally immersed in what, in the revelation that God had given to him about his purpose for his life. Once you become totally immersed in God's purpose for your life, then you can pray and say, God bless me indeed. Because God's, God's not in the business of blessing you if you don't have a plan for the blessing. God's not in the business of blessing. Once you get a plan for the blessing, that's when God keeps... Remember the woman that got the water pots? As long as she had a pot that was oil. I wish I could preach to somebody in here. As long as she had something to do with the oil, the oil continued to run. Once she ran out of pots, the oil stopped. Many of you are praying, asking God to bless you, but you don't have a plan for the blessing. You haven't written the vision, and the vision is not plain. So if God blesses you without a plain vision, you won't go to Walmart. If he blesses you without a vision, you won't go to Foot Locker. 
if he blesses you without a vision, you're going to go to dealers. Y'all don't believe me. How many times did you get your income tax money and you didn't have a plan for it? About three weeks later, all that money you had, you, now, you carried about seven kids and you only got two. So you got a whole lot of money back. But because you didn't have a plan for the money, the money ran out. You paid a couple of bills. Yeah. And then you bought on the rest. You weren't even bought on a budget. You didn't have no budget. You were just wilding. So you were spending money and, and you didn't have a plan. Do, do you know why God is blessing church on purpose? Because we have a, y'all better help me preach. So what am I saying to you? God didn't just bless Jabez just to bless him. Jabez understood that there's a plan and a purpose for my life. And once Jabez was so consumed with the plan and the purpose of God that was on his life, he said, God, now will you bless me indeed? Because when you bless me, I know what to do with it. When you bless me, I know where I'm going to put it. If God gave you a million dollars right now, most of you would know what to do with it. So God can't bless you the way he desires to bless you because you don't have a plan. You don't know what to do with it right now. Glory to God. If God bless you before your time, it, it will actually cause more damage than it will good. Some folk had to stay broke. Your being broke is for your own good. It's tight, but it's right. Glory to God. Because watch this, watch this. Money don't change you. People say, well, money change. No, it don't. Watch this. Let me tell you what money does. Money is a magnifier. Money is something going to magnify what you really are. Glory to God. Money's just going to magnify. So if you're a jerk, you're going to be a big jerk when you get some money. If you're stingy, you're going to be stingy for real. <laughs> what am I saying to you? Y'all better hear this. This is not just a sermon. I'm giving y'all a checklist. It's not just a sermon. Some of y'all been praying for blessing and you've been wondering why the blessing hasn't been manifested because you haven't, you haven't wrote a vision yet. Well, what's your vision? If, if you have, if you need, a, if you, if you're starting a business, write the vision and watch, and watch God make provision for the vision that you have. Watch God start to make provision. When, when we wrote the vision for this church and, and I started teaching vision and teaching what was going to happen in three months, we had six figures. You know why? Because because we have a vision. Because because God knows that when I bless them, I know where the money's going. I know what they're going to do with the money. Why? Because they've already told me the, the vision that God placed on our, on our heart. We're doing this thing, doing what God placed in our hearts. Come on, man. I, all I'm telling you is this: you want to be blessed, become become consumed with God's purpose for your life, and watch God start to manifest. Watch God start to do it. Watch God start to do it. Glory to God. He became compassionate. He became passionate about God's God's purpose. God's power to accomplish great things suddenly finds no obstruction in you. God's nature is to bless. All oh, that you would bless me. Indeed. God, I understand the purpose. I've written a vision. Now, God, I ask that you would bless me. Number four. Number four. Become proactive versus reactive. You've got to become proactive. This is a checklist. Listen, so so when, when we're done, God's going to ask you to give you the checklist. To give him the checklist. He's going to ask you for it. And you need to have these things on your checklist. you you got to become proactive versus reactive. Look at what he says. He says, oh, that you would enlarge my territory. 
That you would enlarge my territory. Now I gotta slow down because I need to give y'all, y'all need to hear this. The word territory here is not about real estate. I was taught that this is about real estate. That, that, that Jabez was asking for more land. When I, when I originally heard this sermon, they were saying that Jabez is asking about more land. But this word territory is not talking about real estate. Jabez wasn't praying for land. Let, let me, let me help you. Let me help you. Jabez wasn't praying for land. He said, he said, you would enlarge my territory. Jabez prayed for more territory, not land. Listen, this is the place where you pray and ask God to enlarge your life so that you make a greater impact for Him. You're saying, God, enlarge my life. In other words, Jabez was asking for more responsibility, more influence, more opportunity to make a mark for the God of Israel. Many of us are not praying for more responsibility. We're not saying, God, give me more responsibility in the kingdom. God, you know what? God, 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 I want more response. God, I'm sitting back not doing. Most people, most people run from the work. Most people run from the work. But that's about 10 of, that's about 10% of the church that's running toward the work. We're running toward it and we're saying, God, give me more responsibility. God, give me more influence in the kingdom. God, enlarge my life so that I can have a greater impact for you. That's a prayer that God answers. God answers prayers that are not selfish prayers. But you're saying, God, I want to, I want to have a greater impact in the kingdom. You know what? Is you want a promotion on your job? You want a promotion? Start praying that God give you greater influence on your job. So that you can make a difference for him. So that God, God give me, give me, you know, God promoted me on my, I didn't realize, I didn't know why. God promoted me without a degree. At the time I didn't have a degree. God promoted me without a degree. I didn't fully understand why. But God was answering a prayer that I prayed. I prayed for more influence. God give me more influence so I can help change the culture of this job. I can change the culture. And God honors prayers that have, got, that have Him in the forefront. But you've got to become proactive. You can't, you can't wait until you get the promotion, then start praying. You gotta start praying right now. And you have to ask God to enlarge your life so that He can make a greater impact through you. It says, it says, what He's saying is, listen to this. Oh God and King, please expand my opportunities. And my impact in such a way that I touch more lives for your glory. Let me do more for you. That's what Jabez was praying. God, let me do more for you. Let me, God, God, give me territory so I can do more for you. Open up my life so I can do more for you. Bring more unsaved people around me so I can tell more people about how good you are. God, God, put me around some unsaved folk so I can tell them about your goodness. See, when you're doing that, that's when God starts to enlarge your territory. That's when God starts to enlarge your territory. That's what God's looking for. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? You know why God's going to bless our church? Let me tell you why. Because we're praying that God enlarge our territory. Glory to God. He's, watch this. Watch this. We ask for God to enlarge the territory. Check this out. He made the building smaller, but he made the area around the building larger. Because God don't want us to get it twisted. It's not about the building. I wish I could preach. Listen, listen, 
What God's about to do through this church and through this ministry is going to far surpass what he's doing in a lot of other ministries in this region. You know why? Because our heart's desire is to reach people. Watch this. Not wait on people, but to reach people. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to get outside of those four walls and we're going to reach some folks. So God is going to keep blessing and keep blessing and keep blessing. You know why? Because our heart's desire is not about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about what God's doing. It's about the soul that God, we're not just talking about this stuff. We're not just talking about it. We're getting out there. We're making a difference. We're going to, listen, I'm, y'all think I'm not walking them streets. I'm be walking them streets, knocking on doors. Hey, how you doing? Hey, listen, I'm the pastor of this church right around the corner. Where y'all going to church at? Tell you what, you should come and holler at us this weekend. I'm, listen, I'm, we're going we're gonna to do, we're going to do community, community barbecues. Community fish fry. Come on, man. Oh, no, I'm, I'm telling you. And you know what? You know what's going to happen? God's going to start enlarging. God's going to start enlarging. Glory to God. See, God don't want you praying selfish prayers. God, you know what? You know what? And you know, we had to go get some paint the other day. Had a woman call me and she said, Pastor Love, I, I want to bless y'all. She said, what do y'all need? I said, well, we, we need to, we need to, we need to go get some paint. And she said, well, I tell you what, I tell you what, meet me at Lowe's. Every bucket of paint. This woman doesn't even go to our church. Every bucket of paint y'all need. That woman bought over, that woman bought over two thousand dollars worth of paint. And was asking if we needed some more. What I'm telling you is, God, He's enlarging. He's enlarging our territory. And, and God, God, God starts to, I would, see y'all got me a testimony moment. This testimony hour. Listen. I, 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 I can't, I don't have time to tell it all y'all. If I were to tell you about the miracles that's been happening in this building, I, we'd be in here all evening and all night to just to start to tell you how everything just started to line up and line up and line up. Things that we've been praying for, things just started coming to pass on the, things are coming to pass on their own. God, God is enlarging our territory. You know why? Because, because when when you have a plan, the plan makes a demand on God's blessing. <laughs> Let me say it like this. Though the vision tarry, wait on it. For it shall speak and it won't lie. Glory to God. Go, go, glory to God. You, you. So once, once you get a plan, then, then God starts to, God starts to, you know what? You, do you know why your marriage is failing? Cause you don't have a plan. You know why your money still funny, your chain still strange? Once you get a plan, then you make a demand on God, especially when the plan is a God-ordained plan. People have been giving and donating time and donating energy and all. When you get to the y'all, when y'all see this, but some of y'all gonna be amazed. Y'all gonna be like, oh. 
oh, boy, that's, that's thrown in the game, cuz. You walk in that building, you'll be like, oh, my God. Y'all, you mean to tell me y'all did this in a couple of months? No, we ain't do a thing. Come on, man. Nobody did this but God. When you walk in, you're going to see the hand of God all in that building. Tell y'all know what's going to happen that first Sunday. I'm telling you, man, because because God is doing this thing. You got to give God something to work with. You got to give him something to work. Give give God some faith. Just just apply your faith. I walk in that building every day and I thank God for the for the finished work. I walk in there every day. God, thank you for God. I thank you for the screens. God, I thank and check this out. This is so cold. I'm gonna get back to my text in a minute. I promise. I only got two more, and I'll get them real fast. But listen, listen, listen. Uh, I, I'm trying to pick one. It's a whole lot of them. people was asking us about the parking. Where are we gonna park, Pastor Love? Pastor Love, we gonna we gonna need more parking than this. And you know, I'm tell y'all something. When I tell you, God is a provider. Listen. We was worried about the parking. And people saying, well, we're going to have to park across street over there at the college. Is it okay if I tell y'all about this? We park across street over at the college. And so I was like, no, you know, we, we thought we was down. We want people crossing that street. And we said, you know, that land right there, right, right, right on the other side of the building, that land right there would be perfect. That land right there would be perfect. And we were trying to figure out how in the world are we going to get the name of the man who owned the land. And I, and God, here's what God said. God said, just go over there and just walk it and pray. I went over there and I walked, I walked every inch of that, that land. I walked it off and I said, God, we need this for your glory. God, the kingdom, go into the city and you'll find the coat tied up. Tell the owner. Tell the owner that the father has need. Oh my God from God from on high. Listen, I walked the land and I said, God, we need this. We need this for parking. God, the kingdom needs this. And so we had people online and boy, they was, you know, they were calling Congress, trying to call the president, trying to figure out who, who owned that little piece of land. It was all, but I had them. I had the FBI looking for who owned this land. The FBI, we were looking for, we were trying to figure out who owned this land. And we decided we were going to go eat in the restaurant. There's a little restaurant right beside the church. Yeah, the Tuscan Peak. They've got some great Italian food, by the way. Same as plug. Okay. So, so, so we went over there and, uh, and, and Trina was just sitting in the building. She was sitting in the building. The owner came up and we was going to check out. We ate the food. Food was great. We was eating the food. And Trina said, she said, Hey, do you know who owns that land right there? The man said, Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. I have his phone number in my phone. Trina said, can I have it? The man said, yeah, sure. Here it is. Took out his phone, wrote the number down, and then watch this. He told us that the man was in China somewhere, that the man was gone. Man was overseas in China somewhere. So so we gave the number. I think Brother Scott got the number. Got Scott called the man, and, uh, and we was passing through there, and the man was out there cutting the yard. So wait a minute. We thought you was in China. The man, the man, man was cutting y'all. Listen, and so, so, so listen. So we, we, we went and, went and talked to him and, and, uh, and, and, and at first, at first he said that he wants to pay the taxes on the land and we was like, ah, oh, you know, the tax is about $800 a year. And we was like, nah. So, that's, so we said, let's, 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 let's go back and let's tell him that the father has need. <laughs> Glory to God. Tell him the father has need. So here's, here's what he agreed. Here's what he agreed. We went back and he said, he said, I tell y'all what. 
Tell y'all what. And he said, if, if y'all will pay half, $400 a year and keep it cut, y'all can do whatever y'all need to do with that land. Scott called me the other day and he said, he, he texted me and he said, he said, the man's going to meet us. Uh, to, oh, that was, I think that was Friday. The man's going to Friday or Saturday. He's, he's going to meet us over at the building at 12 o'clock. Can you be there? He's dog all right. So, so we went over there and, and we, we, we signed, signed the proposal, signed the contract with the guy. And listen, the guy was so relieved that he no longer has to cut the grass that when he signed, listen, listen, now this is funny part. When he signed, I was trying to get brother Scott to herp and run so we can get away from him just in case he changed his mind. But watch this. After we signed, he was running away from us. Like he was trying to run just in case we changed our mind. <laughs> He's, oh, I got to go back to work. I was like, oh, okay. So I told Scott, we won't have to run. We can walk away now. But what I'm telling you is, is that when you understand God's purpose and God's plan for your life, man, things just start. To line up. Things just start to work out. I, I, can I give y'all one more? I, we, we bought some, we bought the carpet for the building. We only bought enough carpet for certain rooms. Walked in that bad boy yesterday and rooms that we didn't buy carpet for was carpeted. So y'all, <laughs> I, I walked in and I said, wait a minute, I got carpet in here. I called I call the guys and I said, hey, did we buy carpet for this room? And he said, nope. I said, well, it's carpet in there. He said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> I, I said, and then there's one more room. I, I walked in there and, and it just don't happen that the carpet we bought for the kids' room didn't come in yet. And so we walked in another room. They got the carpet stored in another room. And I looked at all them boxes. And I, I asked the guy that was putting the carpet down. I said, uh, I said, so what do you do? What do you do with this carpet? He said, he said, I don't know. I said, <laughs> y'all got me tickled. I said, I said, so can we use this carpet and can we carpet this room too? He said, I don't know. I find out. He said, I measured the room. After I measured the room, eh, I think we can do this. He said, he said, when we come back, to put the carpet in the children's room. We do this room too. I said. All I'm trying to tell you. Is just how. How God. Just working. He's just. Everything. Everything is just working. It's falling in. And I'm not saying everything has been perfect. But I'm saying. Even in the imperfection. God is still. Working things out. 
God is still working it out. Watch this. Number six. Number six. And I'm almost done. Uh, no, no, number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Determine to be dependent on God. Determine to be dependent on God. Look at look at verse number 10. Uh, Jabez says, oh, that your hand would be with me. I need your hand to stay upon me. Determine to be dependent on God. Um, we, we are expected to attempt something large enough that failure is guaranteed unless God steps in. We are expected to attempt something large enough that failure is guaranteed unless God steps in. Dependence on God makes heroes of our, of ordinary humans. We have to stay dependent on God. The hand of, the hand of the Lord is a biblical term for God's presence and power in the lives of his people. Jabez said, God, I am dependent upon you. When God blesses you, don't lose your dependency. Don't lose. If God gives you a million dollars, you keep being dependent on God. If God bless you to pay all your bills off, you keep being dependent. Uh, Make it up in your mind that God, for the rest of my life, I'm dependent on you. I'm I'm not dependent on this job. I'm not dependent on my family. I'm not dependent on my friends. God, I'm dependent on you. Thank God for all that other stuff. But God, my my, my help comes from the Lord. Some trust in horses and others in chariots, but I make my hope in the Lord. We are dependent on God. So listen, no matter how big we get, no matter how bad, no matter how this church grows, I've made up my mind, we're dependent on God. Things come and go and people come and people go, but our dependence is in the law. And we've made up that in mind, we're going to be dependent on God. I encourage you the same thing. Number six, avoid temptation instead of fighting it. Avoid temptation. Avoid temptation. Jabez said, oh, that you would keep me from evil. His final request was that God keep me out of the fight. God, keep me out of evil. Even when Jesus told his disciples to pray, he told them to pray, uh, 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 Lord, Lord, keep me from evil. Keep me, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from all evil. He said, so, so Jabez is praying, saying, God, that you would keep me from evil. Jabez in essence is saying, Lord, keep me from what feels right, but really is wrong. It feels right. But really is wrong. Jabez is saying, Lord, keep me from evil. That has to be your prayer. That's got to be on your checklist. God, keep me from evil. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid temptation. There's some things you just can't watch on television. Some people you just can't look. Some people you just can't, you can't be around certain people. There, 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 there's certain, there's certain movies you can't look at. There's some people, there's some things on social media you, that you can't look at. You have to avoid temptation versus trying to fight it. And then lastly, this has to be on your checklist. Bring you back to number one. And I'm closing. Jabez used the honor system. Jabez used the honor system. That's why Jabez had his request granted. When I was growing up, my grandfather took me to a a peach orchard back in Mississippi. Those things were pretty prevalent there. And, uh, we, 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 we stopped and got some, some half, half bushel baskets and we went and picked some peaches. After we've picked these peaches and put them in the basket, granddaddy told me to go put them in the car. So we went and put the baskets in the car and we was putting them in the car. My granddad was walking up to the checkout stand. So I walked up to the checkout stand. My granddaddy, my granddaddy, um, told the lady, um, how many he had and paid for it and walked off and I, and I, I was perplexed. I said, granddaddy, I said, how does she know how much or how many peaches we have. How, how does she know? My granddaddy says, son, they use the honor system. 
I said, the honor system, what is that? He said, they trust that when you go to the peach orchard and pick these peaches, they trust that you're going to come back and you're going to tell them the truth. And that they, they honor you enough. They honor, they, they honor you and hope that you will honor them. It's an honor system. Never heard anything like that before in my life. So, so when I read this text and it says that Jabez was more honorable than his brother, I was thinking that Jabez received more honor. But that's not what this text is saying. This text is suggesting that Jabez gave more honor than his brothers. He was more honorable. He honored God with his life. He honored God with the way he lived his life. So here's, here's a, here's a question for you. Are, are we, are we being, are we being, are we more honorable this year than we were last year? How are we, how can we become more honorable? Jabez used the honor system. He honored God with his life.